Welcome all to another episode of All Things Adventures and Odyssey. I'm your host, Clint Brahms, and today we'll be discussing episode 957, King of My Heart. This is another episode written by Kathy Buchanan, so that's great. I really like her stuff. Obviously, we went through the whole 28 hours thing. That was entirely her and the last time we covered her writing. So I'll start off and say this is a romance episode and I ain't a big romance guy. So my appreciation for this episode is somewhat lacking, but there are still some great things I recognize in this episode. Now, first off, the title, King of My Heart, it made me assume when I heard this title included in the album, I assumed it was the Olivia one, the Olivia story for this album. But no, it obviously turned out to be about Buck and Jules. And for the longest time, I didn't actually get the sort of pun in the title. But then it was pointed out to me by someone, or maybe I figured it out myself, I can't remember. But basically, the reason for that is because this is all about the homecoming king, or at least the beginning is. And we get this story mainly from Buck's perspective. A few times it will shift over to Jules, but really the conflict is all on Buck's end, it seems. And we start out with Buck, who's trying to work up the courage to invite Jules to the homecoming thing. Buck and Cooper both imitating Jules is pretty funny. And Buck tries to talk to Jules. She won't let him talk. And before Buck can ask her, Ryan does. He's presumably the guy she was talking about to Bridget. And it's great to have Ryan again. I really like his character. I imagine the way this went is Kathy Buchanan wanted the perfect guy for Buck to feel inferior to. Ryan was already pretty much from before. We can remember that from when he was on the show regularly. So she just gave him a few more great characteristics, and here she created the perfect guy. One we're familiar with, but that we haven't heard from in a while. And it's great to see a competition between old main character and new main character. Really unique idea. We last heard Ryan years ago on the club episode Unfair Game, I believe. And before that, I don't think since album 56. So it has been a while. And he sounds older in this episode. Now his actor was always an adult. So I wonder if time did end up taking its toll and changing his voice or if the actor is just trying to sound older. Jules agrees to go with Ryan. We get the bonfire set up and then he takes off, leaving Buck in the dust. As I mentioned a moment ago, I'm not someone who is a fan of romance and stories in general. And ergo, I am a bit less than enthusiastic about buckles. So I found this incident very amusing. We get a list of Ryan's great attributes. He's smart, student body president, all-star athlete. And we see that once again, Kathy Buchanan has crafted the perfect guy. Last time she did that was with Mitch. She's even said that on podcasts, I believe, that she got to create the perfect man. And I find it very appropriate that she's done the same thing again. But this time, he's sort of the antagonist, or at least the obstacle to the main thing that the listener presumably wants to hear, which is Buck and Jules. So that's a very poetic turnaround there. Cooper had asked what's the worst that could happen if Buck invited Jules, and we have just gotten pretty much the worst. Next scene, we get that Jillian is away, perhaps, on spy business. She asked Connie something about Liechtenstein. I'm not sure what that's all about. He was a painter who was famous for some niche thing I, I don't really know. And you can hear Jillian's laugh through the phone when Connie says she's good at being discreet. Jules comes in, Connie gives her permission to go to the banquet with Ryan. Jules explains her relationship with Buck. Really, it's just a brother and sister thing. That's great. Keep it like that. No, I'm sure there would be a revolt. Jules asks if Jillian is there. Connie says she's not, but says it kind of weird. Jules notices that she sounds different, but comes up with a different reason, and Connie rolls with it. So, nice subtlety there. 
Presumably, Connie is actually trying to cover up for Jillian's spyness. Next, in the scene with Buck and Cooper again, we get even more great stuff about Ryan. Kathy Buchanan is laying it on very thick here, and it's awesome. They make fun of Ryan's sense of direction, which will actually come back later towards the end. Alright, next scene, we get Katrina again, and I'm super glad to hear from her again. The only times we've heard from her recently were the two Buck three-parters, which was the long end in album 66, and as Buck would have it, in album 72. Normally we get Connie and Eugene, sound like Tom there, Eugene talking about their teenagers. So it's great to get Connie and Katrina this time. I really like her character and her voice and everything, and she'll feature prominently, it seems, in album 75. She's yet another person who really likes Ryan. And we get the whole thing about being equally yoked. It's pretty complicated in this situation. I agree they're going to have a hard time going forward. The only thing that will solve this is, as Connie says, them getting on the same page and becoming Christians. We shall see how this works out. I could see Odyssey doing, you know, one of them becomes a Christian and the whole thing is off. Then the other one becomes a Christian just in time for them to get married in album 97, as Kathy Buchanan has promised. Really, the best decision Connie can make for now, Jules is only 16, so she shouldn't get to date. <laughs> And next scene, we get Katrina announcing the homecoming king. Makes sense. We need a teacher, and she's already in this episode, so that definitely checks out. I love the yeahs in the crowd. Sounds very much like high school guys. Very true to life. And Ryan has one homecoming king, adding to his list of accomplishments. After the announcement, you hear the crowd start to disperse and talk amongst themselves. But when Buck knocks Ryan off the stage, you hear the crowd gasp and then go silent. This sound design is so good. I can see myself in the bleachers or wherever, start to talk to friends after the announcement, see everyone look back at the stage and gasp, turn and see him on the ground. It's really great. I've thought of that from my second or third listen. Incredibly immaculate sound design. It just sounds so real. And another sound note, I really noticed the sound a lot in this episode for some reason. Maybe it's because I was trying to distract myself from what was actually going on, but I digress. You can hear Ryan like he's lying on the ground below where you're standing, like you're up on the stage. It's great. Really great voice placement there. And Ryan as a person is also super great, very conciliatory and forgiving of Buck. And we cut straight from that to the bonfire. Jules is laughing at one of Ryan's jokes and Buck is moping. We get that Ryan will be unable to play in the basketball game tomorrow. Buck starts waving the stick around. You can hear the sizzling whiz away. And Ryan is on fire. Jules starts screaming and Ryan lets out a wail. It is just great. Buck says, stop, drop, and roll. Ryan says, okay. And you hear him just collapse to the ground like a sack of potatoes. It's awesome. They spray him with the fire extinguisher as he whimpers in pain. And he has a bloody nose from the fall. So I am convinced Kathy Buchanan was sitting in her office just maliciously torturing Ryan for daring to intrude on Buckles. It's fantastic. She breaks his leg, sets him on fire, drowns him in fire extinguisher foam, and bloodies his nose. And I just love to think of that as vengeance from the creator, the guardian of Buckles. And Jules finds out that Buck set him on fire. She gets super angry, but Ryan, still presumably in the dirt at their feet, sticks up for him. Great guy, is that Ryan? And I'll clarify my earlier opinion. I'm not a fan of all the romance stuff still, but there is some really awesome stuff in this episode. Buck gets home very dejected. 
He asks about Eugene and Katrina says that he's working on a big project and that it's very exciting. Now, I thought in the beginning that it would involve the chairman thing that's coming, that I think is coming, that I hope is coming. But from the description of 75, it seems to be more of a medical thing and will tie into Eugene's departure. I love Katrina comforting and advising Buck, and we get a great callback to the forever long time Eugene and Katrina dated. It's such a huge arc from way back in the day. I love that they reference it here, and I want more things like this. I love how they get out of having to actually pinpoint time periods by having Katrina say 100 years. Buck says, I'm guessing eventually he was the right guy for you. Really going out on a limb there, buddy. And I just can't say how much I appreciate this conversation because it's realistic. People actually reference earlier important events in their lives to help others. And I want more of this in Odyssey. Reference back to earlier episodes. And this is a great example of what you can do when you do that. Here, Katrina takes the main point of The Right Choice, Parts 1 and 2, which were huge, very important episodes at the time, and just sticks the lesson that they learned from those episodes she just sticks it in here as some words of advice to her son, and it's just really good. It doesn't seem to be the main point of the episode, just some friendly advice from mother to son. Next scene, we get Buck and Ryan on good terms. We get Ryan asking his phone for directions to the nearest florist. I thought that was funny because of their earlier jabs at his sense of direction. And I just realized in preparing for this episode that the name of the florist is Gower's Flowers. Call back to the mystery of the clock tower. Love that episode and this reference. And to kind of end that scene, Buck gives Ryan some tips, clearly following his mom's advice. Next scene, Connie tries unsuccessfully to explain the yoke thing to Jules and Ryan comes to pick her up. Connie says, you look beautiful, unfortunately. And that is a very interesting line. And here's a small thing. I always notice when the doorbell rings, Jules says, coming. And that always strikes me as odd, or not really odd, but interesting, because Ryan's last name is Cummings. I don't know if that's intentional or not. I don't see why it would be necessarily, but it is something I noticed, so who knows. And then, bam, the party is over, and they're back home. Ryan's a gentleman. We can add that to the list. He's very chivalrous. Good for him. And his interaction here with Jules is maybe the closest we get in this episode to his point of view. He was an old main character, and now he almost seems like the obstacle for this episode to get through, especially since he's making questionable choices. So we haven't really seen things from his perspective until perhaps now. And you can kind of relate with him on some level. But here he keeps trying to steer the conversation in a certain direction, and he's doing a great job. Jules just keeps getting distracted. Ryan says his mom made the cookies, and it's such a small line, but it reminds us of Ryan's backstory. He lives with his mom, and his dad is in prison. And it also reminded me that though he was a main character, we always saw him like at school or wit's end, never in any sort of familial situation. This is perhaps the most personal setting we've ever seen him in. And Jules gets annoyed that Buck helped out Ryan. And we end the episode with Jules confronting Buck. She's mad at first, but then they get through it. We get some very lovey-dovey music as they confess their undying love for one another. And I love how a dog barks as soon as the music kicks in. I was looking for any sort of distraction, and that provided it. The sound designers are looking out for guys like me. Jules recounts all the things they've been through. 
Ryan is awesome, but it's not who she wants. She wants Buck, and yeah, there are little lines back and forth. I'm sure it's great writing, but just not my thing, so unfortunately, I don't have too much to say about it. They reference the space that was mentioned all the way back in album 66, and we get Chris saying that Buckles is official, and that is it. And I just love how Chris has to swoop in and make sure to reassure the audience that they are fully aware of all of the problems, and they will be addressed in the future. But yeah, good episode. I think this is very much set up for the best is yet to come. It will definitely play a big part. We've gotten confirmation of that. And I think that's fine. Those episodes will be written by, I know, Marshall Younger, and I think also Kathy Buchanan, but not sure on that last part. So we're going out in a good place on album 74 in preparation for album 75. Like I said, this episode is not exactly for me, but it's objectively, I believe, a good episode. There are some great moments and just great job, Kathy Buchanan. We'll see what this will mean for the future and how things will adapt and change in the next album. If they do at all, all of that remains to be seen. But for now, that's it for this episode, and that's it for the back catalog of episodes we went through. Our first 30 episodes are officially in the books. We are caught up and looking forward to Thursday when the first episode of Album 75 will drop. Between now and then, I'll probably release some sort of predictions slash coverage of the writer's Q&A. We shall see. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star rating and review. Follow the show. Download the episodes. Tell all your friends. I'd like to thank all of you for coming along for the ride. And until next time, I'm looking forward to the adventure. (laughs) 